We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Welcome back, Scott. Back from the dead. Back you missed our... Back from the dead. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. You missed our drafting of uh, Yankees All-Stars all the way back to 1980. That was, that was fun. I uh, didn't quite understand the rules fully, but, you know, that's all right. The good... <laughs> I don't think my team won uh, in the social media vote, but but hey, it was a fun episode anyway. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, COVID has uh, destroyed my world for the week, and um, I'm I'm like halfway living right now. So figured we'd get back on and talk about what I've been doing in a in in one in a one room for the week, watching Yankees baseball, watching them lose to the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, Logan's team was the best, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it, it wasn't was actually tough. close. It wasn't. I mean, I even admitted that after the you had Jose Trevino in your lineup. Well, we couldn't draft more than more than uh, th- we couldn't draft the same player, Jorge except Posada for Derek Jeter, who was drafted three times, which was and I well, because there was no other shortstops. <laughs> Look, I will say that when I saw you guys planning this thing in the chat, my head was spinning. I had no <laughs> yeah, idea what was, was going too. on. That's why no I didn't understand clue. the rules. I had no idea what you guys were doing, and it was just like all over the damn place. And the, and then it, and then you find it seemed like everybody was on the same page at the end. I'm like, okay, these guys have something. I still had no idea. My brain was at like 10% capacity at that point. Um, but so then I just saw the aftermath, and Logan's <laughs> team is the best by far. <laughs> well, he also I think was in the best draft position, even though there's only three people. He had the middle pick each time. Uh huh. So I don't know. <laughs> no excuses. I was confused by the rules. That's my excuse. <laughs> also, I had I was stuck with retirement toward Derek Jeter as my shortstop. So, <laughs> so, so it's not exactly an optimal lineup. That's all right, man. You know, what are you gonna do? But yeah, but yeah, Cincinnati, we, I was we, watching uh, that. That was my entertainment. 
That's a, it's a tough, tough time. Like had you gotten COVID and been stuck just watching Yankees baseball when they were just rolling in May, that could have been a little bit better than watching this shit show of a Cincinnati Red series. I will say on Wednesday night when they, or was it Tuesday? Whenever they Tuesday. blew the uh, chase, whenever uh, home chase, I'm, my head still, this is, this is, uh, this is going to be awesome. But um, Holmes, when he came in and blew that game, so I admittedly fell asleep in before that inning and they were up. I didn't mean to fall asleep. I just fell asleep. The, the body took over. And I woke up right after, uh, it, right after that inning happened and the Reds were, were up. And I, I, I thought I was dreaming. I thought I was watching Stranger Things and, and it was like, you know, I was in Bizarro World or the Upside Down. Something was not right. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. The Cincinnati Reds actually came back against the uh, the behemoth of the the back of the Yankees bullpen. But no, that was real. That was a real thing. Very strange. Well, it wasn't just you in the upside down. It, apparently, Clay Holmes was in the upside down too because he he wasn't even close to the strike zone. Like I've I know he hasn't been around you know forever, but I've never seen him. I've I've borderline never seen a pitcher that wild. Yeah, couldn't. Do you not remember? Uh, do you not remember Garrett Cole in Detroit earlier in the season? Okay, fine, <laughs> but like he, he was, he 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 would try and throw a sinker in the middle of the plate and would hit a guy in the ribs. It's yeah, like, what's happening here? Speaking of hitting somebody in the ribs, Abreu lit that kid up last night uh, against Cincinnati. The two seamer inside, I mean, rib shot. That was one of the hardest rib shots I've seen in a long time. That he took it. Oh, he took it, and you could tell that it hurt. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I can imagine that you were extremely confused looking at the at the score after that Tuesday game, uh, as to what happened. You have to give Holmes uh, a mulligan. It's like, okay, well, that's never happened. Hopefully, it never happens again. Like, wh- what are you even gonna say? Like, and the Yankees. The thing is, the Yankees almost got out of it. Like Peralta almost pulled a Houdini act and got out of it. Maybe there was a double play uh, to be had at the plate that could have got them out of that jam. But that's one of those situations where it, it obviously is extremely annoying and frustrating that the Yankees lost that game. But there's not even something that you're like second guessing because you're like, oh, the Yankees had a lead in the ninth and they went to Clay Holmes, who has been unhittable all season, and they lost the game. Like it was kind of, I'm not comparing the two pitchers, but it's kind of like whenever Mariano Rivera would blow a game. It's like, oh, did Joe Torre make the wrong pitching change going to Mariano Rivera? It's like, okay, sometimes shit happens. Yeah, that's baseball, Susan. Sometimes, sometimes the uh, the gods go against you, and and that's and that's it. So it's funny when you're when I'm looking at I was looking at the uh, the All Star rosters this morning just to see who who the updates were for our uh, our All Star rosters or the no the, all All-Star of them uh, across baseball, not your rosters from Wednesday. That was I looked at that for two seconds and didn't need to look at it anymore. Um, the um, <laughs> go listen I, to the episode. But I saw Joe Mantiply on on uh, Arizona as an all star, and I was like, I know that name. And then I was like, Mantiply, Mantiply, Mantiply. It was Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. He, he, was, he was with the Yankees in in 2019, and it just goes to show you how relievers are, you know, their shelf life and and what they can be in a given season, and then be something so very different in the next year or year after that. So, you know, Cashman has has been extremely right with a lot of a lot of these relievers but man does it these guys just they're they're you know depending on uh, they can make some slight adjustment at any point in their career and be 
extremely effective for a year plus if they want to be. And it's uh, not if they want to be, but if they find the right concoction or the right the right tweak to their game. It just goes to show you how how these uh, uh you know how they're there there's a, just a lot of them that that can be uh, very effective because he was a guy that was just a he was a lefty that came up during the season that you know everybody didn't think twice about and now he's an all star. Yeah, the the relief pitcher it's it's a really weird position because the burnout is super quick for for a lot of these guys, but the the high end of their talent and what their performance is is also super high. We kind of talked about this in the last episode when we were drafting the All-Stars. The deepest position to pick from was relief pitcher. Like throughout throughout the decades that we were looking at, there was three guys each decade that had elite level All-Star seasons all the way back from Goose Gossage and, and Rigetti into the 90s with with obviously Rivera and then uh, in the Batances and Andrew Miller and Araldis Chet. Like the Yankees have always had elite level pitching in the bullpen ever since Brian Cashman has been the general manager. It's it's num- it's his number one strength by far is acquiring and finding talent in the bullpen. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. And that also means that some guys that he's let go or traded have turned into all-stars because those guys are talented. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you you can't keep them all, first of all, because you have no. to pay them, and you just can't do that when, when you have uh, years like this. So, yes, you will see these guys pop up. And I'm sure other fan bases are looking around the league and saying, oh, I remember that guy. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's probably, every Pittsburgh fan is probably like, what? the fuck is happening are they though they're like what are they what are they going to do with a closer like, like oh, that's the, true the pirates the pirates have I mean, no need for a closer right yeah now. but they could look across starting pitching as well they could they could go across many different positions and just be uh what be they could be kicking themselves for is like oh had clay holmes been elite with us we could flip him at the deadline for some prospects or something like that rather yeah. than nothing or just make terrible trades and give up starting pitching as well. I mean, they've 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 been bad. Oh, they've yeah, given they've up. Been, a, they, there are a lot of really good former Pittsburgh Pirates uh, in Major League Baseball right now. Sure. So I was looking at the the monthly stats for the Yankees. So far in the month of July, they're six and six, and I was like trying to figure out why because the offense has actually on the surface been really really good. They've averaged six point eight runs per game. They're hitting 281 as a team, and they've got a 146 WRC plus through 12 games. Like those numbers are are fantastic. But the the offense, I think, has been a little bit skewed. There's been a three blowouts so far in in the month where they scored more than 10 runs. So that's obviously going to skew numbers. There's been three games this month so far that they've scored fewer than four runs. So okay. You can average the blowouts and, and the minor, and the the below four runs, but still the offense has not been the problem so far. It's been the pitching. The team pitching is to uh, they're pitching to a four twenty four ERA this month and a four thirty seven FIP. They are allowing four point seven runs per game, and it's really the starting pitching that has has been terrible. Four sixty eight ERA, five seventy six FIP. They're allowing. 2.6 homers per nine innings, the starting rotation so far this month. No, that's not great. I mean, it's at the same time, you know, when we're looking at these numbers and we saw what the first half was, it's not unexpected either. I mean, I, you know, Nestor pitched well last night. He pitched very well. I thought, I thought he looked, uh, he looked as good as he's looked in a while. And he needed that too, because like 
go, go, going getting into the All Star, getting named to to be to be an All Star, coming off like pretty much four out of five pretty bad starts. He he really needed a good start. Th- that's the thing, though. You you have you have this this sample size of half a season, and you look across baseball, and the majority of players, even the high end guys that everybody expects, you know, uh, dominant stuff from them, starting pitching, they have five bad starts. You throw in five bad starts and Nestor throw in some bad starts for him. It's just, this is just the way it has to be. It has to be this way. You know, the difference with Nestor all the time, the difference with Nestor is that we're all expecting like the other shoe to drop on Nestor. I understand that, but I think people need to stop expecting that because he's been, he's had a long enough term here. So dating back to the all-star, you know, mid-season last year where he's just been fantastic, you know. Uh, yeah, what's the total innings now for Logan? Can you look this up, total innings that Nestor has with the Yankees so far? Like, is it is it equivalent to a full season? It's pretty close if it's, if yeah, it's Yeah, it's got to be pretty close. Yeah, so, I mean, the, he's put down on paper now what what I believe he, he is and what he can be, and enough people, enough teams and players have seen him now for the first half and going back into last year with, like, you know, this this uh this newest Nestor and they have every ability to make the adjustments at this point and now it's Nestor's turn he made some unbelievable uh tweaks to his to his windup last night that I thought were hilarious at, at he was getting crafty he was he was, he was fooling there. the umpire like he he like faked out the umpire like three or four times and it was hilarious Logan you know so it's actually his numbers are just they're crazy so he's pitched he just made his 31st Start so he's a, pitching thirty nine games. Season. Yeah, that's a full. He's season. pitching thirty nine games because he started relieving when he came right. back last year. One hundred uh, and eighty eight point and innings to a two seven seven ERA and a one forty four ERA plus. I mean, like no, that's, that's great. That's elite. It's all star caliber. You know, I mean, it's not just all star caliber. That's elite caliber. Yeah. Um, the thirty one starts. That's like ideal for a starting pitcher for for a full season. Like if you can get thirty starts out of a guy. What are his numbers? Ju- can you get his numbers just as a starting pitcher? Do you have that? Um, probably have to. But but to you know, it, but. it's enough. But no, no, it's so that's, a, that's a full season. Solid that's a, that's, judgments. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. it's not. There's nothing. So that other shoe that that it's it shouldn't be dropping. Like this is this is him. This is his. He's put enough I, down to be to be labeled as a, a consistent starting pitcher at this point, and I believe that he's he's made the adjustments at a at a point in his career where. He can sustain them, and he's—I think—he's proved so far that he can sustain them. Well, I think part of it is that, like, I'm not listen. I'm not like getting on Michael K and Paul O'Neill and like the Yes Network crew for this, but I feel like every time Nestor Cortez starts, there's this discussion about can you believe he's still doing it? It's like, all right, guys, already like it's been it's been 31 starts, like like we just said, like maybe let's just talk about how. Maybe why he's been struggling. Like, what are you seeing? Why has he struggled over the past month? Like, how is he going to fix it? Like, no more of this. Can you believe this guy? Crafty mustache. Like, all right, I got it. That it's fun. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like all of us. Him, him, and uh, <laughs> Jose Trevino are the everyman doing doing uh, fantastic things on the diamond for the New York Yankees. But um, yeah, no. So I'm not. I'm not waiting for it. I'm not waiting for that shoe to drop. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm here, and I'm. I'm confident now consistently when he takes the ball even if he has a bad start i'm I'm looking at that more of like okay what happened there rather than uh uh-oh here it comes well let's talk about this starting pitching confidence right now like what's your 
rank in order your confidence level of the guys going off the mound. Now, obviously, Severino is also going to miss some time with the low grade lat strain. That was uh, that was uh, clearly something was wrong with him. Like, yes, he was. He his velocity was down. He was leaving balls in the middle of the plate. The bottom of the order took him deep three times in a row. You're like. Okay, what's going on here? It, it, it almost had to be an injury because if it wasn't, you're almost like, well, well, what happened? So rank your confidence. Like, what's your what's your order? I mean, it's tough to do that right now because because of of who's there. Well, so I would guys, say of the four guys that are still yeah, I'm, I'm still like starts. Garrett Cole's my uh, number one confidence, uh, and and uh, Nestor's number two, and I'll put Jordan Montgomery number three, it and then Tyone four. Because he's been he's been bad he's been very bad very recently. Bad. So uh, very with bad. with the Severino injury, obviously everybody was holding their breath with that MRI. Thankfully, it was a low grade strain, which to me means no tear or anything like that. Which is is rest, you know, as rest. They'll shut him down for probably. A, I bet he shut. I bet he shut down for a month. Wouldn't surprise me if at he least. Shut, yeah. So if he, but if he can come back from this and. <laughs> Could it be a little bit of a, a a blessing in disguise with the with the amount of innings that he's saving his body? Maybe. I mean, I'm I never want to root for an injury by any means or, or say that an injury is a good thing because it's not. But at the same time, it's going to get him to a point where hopefully he's able to be a lot stronger for the stretch, a lot stronger. Um, if it again, if he can rebound from this, that's a big if because you never know with a guy who's been injured as much as he has how he will rebound. So. We'll see what happens, but but now Herman coming up is is a big deal. Yeah, quickly I want to just close out the the discussion we we're having on Cortez. Thirty one game start, two point eight two ERA, one hundred and sixty nine innings pitched as a starting pitcher for for Nestor Cortez in his Yankees tenure. No, I I, I agree about the Severino point. They were going to have to manage his innings anyway. Um, obviously, he's going to be shut down longer than they would have. But you're right. If this injury is truly just mild. And he can come back, then then it's a it could be a blessing in disguise. That's a glass half full outlook. Certainly. The glass half empty outlook is that okay, he also had the, a similar injury back in 2019 that basically derailed his last three seasons. Are are we setting ourselves up for make, for make no mistake? I would much prefer him not to have this injury and them to manage his innings in <laughs> well, some capacity. Make no mistake about that because yes, when you well, have you're digging deep for, to find a positive <laughs> for <in> sure. <laughs> but when you have a uh, when you have any injury that that is around the you know a lat like he's had in the past, then it's cause for concern, no doubt. I, I think, but what this is doing now is just like doubling down that Cashman is um, at least at least they're showing what they really need right now. Right. Oh, now. So this is by design. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Yankees are like, well, the the deadline's coming up. Let let's make sure Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman's knows like, God, give me a sign, any sign. Any sign will do. Three home runs. Boom. Well, Boom. I, I Boom. think <laughs> when we recorded our trade deadline GM episode two weeks ago, we all identified outfield as the number one priority. I, I wouldn't say that anymore. I, I, not that outfield is not a, a priority and not that they don't need outfield because what is Joey Gallo now? Like four for 60? <laughs> like oh, he has getting, four hits. This is getting obscene. I, you know I, what? He's the guy where... Where like high school ball or like summer league ball, when when you're when you when there's a guy in the team that just like is so much worse than everybody else, like he can't talk to the other guys. He'd be like, oh man, really, really got me on that one. Like he can't say anything about the pitchers or any any adjustment. Like he just can't say anything. That guy can't say shit. 
because everybody's looking at him, kind of rolling their eyes. And that's Joey Gallo right now. Like he's walking back. Nobody's asking him what he's what they saw. Nobody's saying anything to him because he's just another strikeout, another one in the book, another one in the book. And he's just it's a joke he at walked, this point. He walked last night. Congratulations. He had a couple walks last night. The pitcher do you threw know balls what? to him. Congratulations. You know what, what a bad decision that was. Do you know what annoyed me last night about Joey Gallo? There was one point where he took his helmet off and he's got that stupid floppy hair yes. where it looks like he's wearing like a clown hat. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't look like a clown and be four for your last 60. You right. can look like a clown if you're hitting bombs and you're actually producing but maybe have a normal haircut if you're if you're gonna bat one hundred. Like I don't know. Just I think that thought. was the exact moment where I where I had this this uh, this thought though too because he was looking around to like say something and no one was talking to him. Nobody wanted to make any. No one's even making <laughs> eye contact at that point. Just like all right, like we get it. You struck out again. Just stop. <laughs> well, you, I feel bad. Terrible. Like uh, part of me feels bad, right? Because I don't. I don't know. feel bad. I don't feel bad. This is a baseball player getting paid a lot of money to play baseball. Make no. adjustments. Okay, obviously. God damn. Obviously. Make adjustments. In the grand scheme of things, like Joey Gallo's set for life, right? He's making millions of dollars. But just like anything, when you're amongst peers and you're the by far the worst of the bunch, and you are not doing anything to help the team. Yeah. And and you are you're you go out there and you're trying and you're just failing, 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 failing. Is he trying He's as hard it. as he possibly could? Is he trying I, I as hard know. as he possibly could? Is he is he making I have all to the imagine I have to imagine that he doesn't want to suck. <laughs> and so and so he's he's trying to not suck. Are you sure? Okay. Because he's, he's made, actively he's made trying comments. to not suck. He's made public comments saying, I won't make it because this is how I got here. This is this is who I am. This is how I've got here. Well, if he truly is that stubborn yeah. about his approach, then, then then fine. But like I have to imagine he's he's trying a, even a little bit. And when when you try to do something. And you still fail miserably, that stings. That All hurts. I know is I'm looking at this. Every ball that goes near him in the outfield, I'm like, you better, you better make a fantastic play right here. When he's when he started running uh and stealing second base last night, I was like, you better goddamn make it to second base. You can never get thrown out at this point. During the you can't make an error, you can't get thrown out, you can't make base base, base running bunders, you can't do anything wrong. You can't have clown floppy hair. I mean, oh, apparently he, he can, but you can't do anything wrong outside of, uh, you know, outside of holding a bat because you can't do anything right when you're holding a bat. So anything outside of holding a bat, you better be perfect. And so what they've been doing is playing Carpenter in the outfield more, which again, I'm fine with because Carpenter's just been so amazing offensively, but we kind of saw Carpenter's inexperience in the outfield last night on two different plays. The one on the sack fly where he just didn't know where he was going to throw the ball. And then he ended up throwing it home for no reason. And then in the extra innings, when he couldn't, he took a horrible route to the ball and couldn't cut off the ball in the gap. Like, uh, who knows? Maybe if he holds that to a single, the inning is slightly different. And and the the Yankees, the home run he hit actually was, uh, because that's the thing. It's like, I'm not even mad at, at Matt Carpenter because he is, he is a end of his career former infielder put in the outfield crushing the shit out of the ball it's like fine cool. his numbers next to joey gallows with i don't even half the time less than half the time are better like well, not, not even close not to just being better. better 
no, not no. just better. I mean, production. I'm, I'm talking about production, purely production. Like, get rid of all the other things. Just look at the pure production numbers, and they're, what they're more productive. How many? Uh, it's crazy. Is, how many home runs is he up to? 11. 11. I think he hit 11 last many, night. And Gallo's got 10. Gallo has 10? I, I believe so. Logan, fact check me, please. But he's got he's got more runs batted in. He's got can more you home recall runs. It's crazy. More than two Joey Gallo home runs. The only ones I can recall are the two in Minnesota. That's the only two home runs I can remember of Joey Gallo. I look. I mean, honestly, just addition by subtraction at this. Okay, point. Joey Gallo has ten. Matt Carpenter has eleven. Yeah. Who finishes with more home runs this season for the Yankees? It's not even close. Are you kidding me? It's Matt Carpenter, of course. So, I, if anybody on God's green earth chooses Joey Gallo in that situation, they need their head examined. I did pick him to have the most home runs on the team. You did. That's right. You did this to him. Yeah, I did it to him because he was so good last year. Well, you, you're, you're, uh, you did this. Yeah, I forgot about that. But so I don't blame Matt Carpenter for his poor outfield play. I blame Joey Gallo for Matt. I blame Carpenter Joey Gallo for putting play. him out there. Yeah. He did make a nice play against the wall. He Carpenter. did. No, it, he did. Yes. It, and he'll it, get and more comfortable. You know, I get, keep getting, putting him out there. I'd rather, I'd rather deal with him getting comfortable in the outfield than watch Joey Gallo play baseball. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, because Matt Carpenter, I, I'll tell you what, Matt Carpenter's trying in the outfield. Yes, <laughs> I he know is. he's going to get better. He's and frustrated. Even if Matt, even if Joey Gallo is trying at the plate, he's not going to get better. No, he doesn't know how to. So this is this, this is one of those things that we, I know we touched on this on uh, on Monday show, but trade deadline still still like Carpenter, uh, amazing story. He's on this team, no doubt. But his value is not as a starter. I believe. I believe his value is as that fourth guy, DH, the guy pinch hitter. Like he's just he's. He's so good with the bat right now, and I I love his approach. I, I I still want them to go after an everyday outfielder to solidify that. Someone who can go bat to ball, someone who can really just lock down that position and give me a quality at bat to move move it along to get my top four guys up. Give me that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's talk about that roster shuffling, roster versatility. Because the Yankees reacquired Tyler Wade for a player to be named later from, from the Angels this week. He's back. The, the man is back. And Boone said excited to get him back in the organization. Obviously, the defensive versatility that he brings, his ability on the base paths. Not on the roster right now, but he could certainly envision him here at some point if, if, the, need, if the need arises to playing a role for us and a significant one. What what is this quote? So excited to get him back with us. He's an important part of these team. He's he's been an important part of this team the last few years. Oh yeah, he's been an important part of this team. Yes, he has. Super important. Very important. Uh, and I and I got a text from my dad when the news broke. So oh, yeah, finally some speed. <laughs> um, and I I didn't want to break it to my dad that <clears throat> Tyler Wade not a good base dealer despite his speed. He's. He's not the greatest. I mean, he's not Brett Gardner like, but he's he's not the greatest. He um look, I I think this is interesting. So obviously they they brought back a player that they're very familiar with, someone who could slot right into this roster and not skip a beat. He knows the guys, like all of that. That's cool. 
this is a this is a last man on the. I, I've always said this, so don't get this twisted. He's always been a last uh, last man on the bench guy that I like because he brings that versatility on the defensive side. He can also run the bases, um, especially when you have these extra inning, you know, Bojangles with the with the, the the second base. Like just having a guy like that is to me a good thing. Um, it also means something that he plays shortstop, and I think that that is super interesting because of what our trade value is with uh, a, a certain guy in AAA. I think Peraza is 1,000%, 1,000% on the block right now. I think that Cashman is shopping him, and this is just added depth in case uh, they can land a pitcher because they're using him for a pitcher. Peraza equals starting pitcher, in my opinion. So um, Tyler Wade just gives some defense there, gives a little bit of a cushion for for the Yankees to to be able to make a move like that. And have a uh, a guy that can come up and play, you know, solid defense in the shortstop position. So, I like it. It's a good move. Do you think he actually gets on to the forty man and up on the major league roster? Yes, I do. For who? Why? Oh, I don't know. I just eventually, I think it happening at some point. I think maybe that, an injury, obviously, but like, yeah. unless Marwin Gonzalez goes down, you don't need Tyler Wade because no, Marwin true. Gonzalez. We looked at this. Actually, is playing solid shortstop. Yes, he is. He he. Marwin Gonzalez. If you put him there every day would get exposed I think I think his numbers would you would not look at them the same because you would have enough um, right. enough time so there unless there's an to, injury correct but there's no rush with him right now there's no rush we were talking about this before so he cleared waivers the trade happened he's in the minor leagues not on the 40 that's great that gives them ultimate flexibility so he can hang out in AAA hang out in Scranton where he knows it very well and no, he knows the streets of Scranton he like knows the streets of Scranton yeah he's probably hanging out in uh in uh, Jackson Frazier's old uh, funeral home house, <laughs> and and he's going to, and he's gonna, and he's gonna be ready for when the time. Well, that comes. was the funeral home, wasn't it? Didn't they live above yeah, the funeral? That's home? what I just said. Oh, you just said that. Yeah, you don't listen. Um, wasn't listening. Um, so Logan asked in the chat, "Would you rather have Marvin Gonzalez or Tyler Wade?" I'd rather have Marvin Gonzalez because anything to do with the past few years of these teams, I don't want any part of. <laughs> that's fair. I, I mean, that's that's ultimately fair, to be honest. But uh, Marwan Gonzalez is playing very well right now. So I would, I would, and I'm a, I'm a Tyler Wade homer. He's fine. So he's fine. He's, he's, yeah. oh, Marwan Gonzalez keep, is fine. Keep him. He's a much better bat. And he's playing solid but you're, defense, neither so. are there for their bat. I guess Marwan Gonzalez is there for when you do have to play him. It's, it's something offensively. It's pretty much nothing offensively. But but whatever. Again, like this was my argument the whole. Whenever we would, I feel like we spent far too much time talking about Tyler Wade on this podcast. But whenever Tyler Wade would come up, I my my response would be, it ultimately does not matter if we're if our season is hinging on Tyler Wade, we screwed. Okay, that was true in 2019, 2020, 2021, and it will be true in 2022. That's the okay. Line let me let me rephrase what you just said. If our season hinges on the last guy on the bench, we're screwed. Correct. Correct statement. So why are we spending so much time talking about Tyler Wade? We're not. It's what it does is it to me it's it, it's a chess move. It just it's it's a depth. You know that yes. Cashman likes to have everyone else playing checkers. Brian Cashman playing chess, baby. You know that Brian Cashman and this team likes to have contingencies in their depth, and that's exactly uh -huh. what he is. So to me, it's just another little a little sign saying, hey. We're, we're, we're ready for business with our shortstops in the minor leagues. Let's talk. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And for all the all the prospect-hugging, loving fans, let me tell you what. This, this, this is not, this is not the season to be hugging any prospects at this point. I'm, I, I don't even, I'm saying any. I, I would be fine with getting rid of any, to be honest, at this point. Volpe, if the, if the Volpe, right, Dominguez. If, 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 the right, if the right situation is available, obviously I, I would try to avoid Volpe and Dominguez. But if the right situation is available for the right player who controlled enough that shows it on the major league level, I would be open to it because this team is built right now for a championship and they have to go after it. They have to go after this championship in 2022. If that means we're sacrificing potential in 24 and 25, so be it. So actually that reminds me of we uh, when it was Judge and Cohn doing that interview on Sunday Night Baseball. Judge said that we're an older we're an older team. We're an older locker room. I forget what I forget the phrase he used. Yeah. But but that's, like that. that's true. They're 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 veterans, right? Like the Yankees did not prospect hug in the 90s because they had championship on the mind, and that was the goal. That season it was the championship because they right. had that core on the roster to to win it now. Now you can identify some trades like trading away Mike Lowell and trading away some other guys that turned into really, really solid players that you're like, shit, wish I could have that one back. But, and that might happen, right? If you trade some yeah. of these guys, they might turn into 10-year All-Stars. And we look back in the year 2030 and we're like, that was a dumb trade. But, but if you have the championship, you can be fine. You can swallow it. You can be. You can get past it. 1,000%. If you win the championship, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the ultimate goal is to win a championship with any player. So, so I don't understand. But that's any- why GMs are. That's why GMs are tentative because winning a championship is really hard. And no I think a lot of general managers, namely Brian Cashman, believes the playoffs are are kind of random. So, so he's probably of this mentality. What can I control more? Can I control a seven game series against the Astros or a seven game series against the Dodgers in the World Series? No. But I can control the prospects on my team and what those players are going to turn into over the next decade. How can you control it best with a roster like this? Pitching. That's how you can control it best. Pitching. Especially at this point in the season. So if he has the ability to upgrade pitching significantly, knowing what you're going up against, that's what you do. That's what you do. You have to. I mean, at this rate, the offense is ready to go. This, This team is built... 
in the correct way. It's even good. without an outfield bat, like even without an outfield bat, this offense is good enough to win a championship. For sure. I don't I want Joey get Joey Gallo will not start a playoff game, right? So even if no. Joey Gallo is still on this roster in the second half of the season, impossible. He's not. He's not making the the playoff roster. Okay. So what's going to what, be? So what are we doing? <laughs> so what are we doing? No, I, I agree. But so like we don't even have to entertain the fact of Joey Gallo hitting ninth in the first game of the playoffs because it's not going to happen. He's not going to be on the roster. Right. But but uh, if they don't get more starting pitching, it's they're going to be in trouble because now with Severino down, Tyon being a non-factor, like they need to do something with Tyon, shut him down, do, do something because he he's not serviceable right now. He's pitching to like a six ERA. You can't trot that out there. You have to get probably slot in Domingo Herman. You have to go target a starting pitcher, maybe even two starting pitchers that you can that you can use in, in the second half. And I saw a report. I think it was uh, New York Post. Yankees and Dodgers, uh, early trustworthy New York Post. For, for Luis Castillo. But obviously, Luis Castillo has been talked about with the Yankees for yeah years. Uh, he was filthy last night, th- took a no-hitter into the middle innings, and he's definitely going to be traded. It's going to take a boatload of prospects because he's he's one of the top, if not the top pitcher on the market at the deadline that everyone knows. He's a free is agent. Traded. He's, is he got one more year? I forget. He's no, he's, I, think he's a, I think he's a free. Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe he's free. But, but still, it's going to take it's going to take a haul to, to get gonna, it. The yeah, Reds but, are not going to give him away. I understand that. Um, well, I'm going to look up his contract. Right if Ka- if I, I was looking at it because I, I had him on my list, I think he's uh, I think he is a free agent. So, but it, here's the thing: the the other thing about Cashman looking for a sign. So three home runs by Severino, boom, 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 sign. And who's throwing a no hitter into the sixth inning against the Yankees? He's not a free agent. He's, he's got not one a free year. Agent. He's got he's one got, year he, after. That. He's signed. Yeah. So he's his um his next year his last year of our eligible. Uh, Arbitration eligibility is 2023. So you'd be acquiring him for a season and a half. It's going to take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's going to be a major haul. That's a, that's possible. That's, that's a, that's Peraza if, plus. If you're, if you're the Reds and Brian Cashman calls you, you say Anthony Volpe or we're hanging up the phone. But at some point, it's going to be best prospect. You're going to look for the best prospect. Um, that's where the conversation's starting, though. I mean, yeah, everybody's going to start there if you have anybody that's worth Not worth everybody. It's like the the Royals aren't going to ask for that for Andrew Benintendi. Like, no, for a pitcher. I mean, that has does any control. Like, that's where he's going to start. They're going to start with the best prospect that you have. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to go after it, go after it. Plus, you get another year of control, like, it's a good thing. Yeah, that, the, the, the other year of control is the thing that Cashman loves the most because he's adding insurance for next season. He, I mean, we t- we've said this a million times. He's done it with every pitcher he's acquired. He does not acquire pitchers that are, I mean, Jay Happ was a free agent, but he doesn't acquire like that more younger starting pitcher without. He doesn't extra, give up a lot. Extra year he, and control. you certainly won't give up a lot. I mean, it was, yeah, Sonny Gray was the same situation. That's why we went after uh, the kid from the Marlins. Like it, it's, it's controlled, gives, gives some options here, especially with Tyone being a free agent. It's a, uh, it's, it's important for them to do that and solidify it. Logan, you got some? Yeah, so I, I just sitting here listening, and I went to our favorite MLB trade simulator website for Luis yeah. Castillo. So he has a, uh-huh. a MTV of 38 and a half. Yeah. So I just threw together a trade of, I have a, if would you do this? Everson Pereira, Jason Dominguez, Oswaldo Cabrera gets it done, according to this. No Pereira. What, does that, what does, that put it, that, does that put it close? Uh, 38 and a half to 38. Oh, wow. I would have, I would have. Exp- Dominguez is low on that site, though. He's, he is. Yeah, he's he lower is. than 14, I expected. Fourteen point nine. His value. Yeah, I think his value is higher than that. I think his value is higher than that. So, 
I mean, I take that, that site's a good barometer, but, um, man, that's, that's a, that's a lot, but maybe that's exactly what it takes. I mean, Peraza, you could do it with Peraza and I mean, Peraza's value is 20, 20.3. So I would rather give up Peraza than, than Dominguez all day. Really? Yes. Because of the depth of shortstop, because of Volpe. But Peraza is probably going to be the better player. Is he? I don't think that's what people think. I mean, he's a lot closer. He's not. He's, he's not higher ranked prospect. He's he's no. Could he's, he's, high, Volpe's he's the coveted, pro- Volpe's he's, the coveted shortstop in the Yankee system, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But I mean, I mean, I'm I'm comparing Peraza to uh, Dominguez. Okay, I, I hear that. that. I think but I think I would rather. I, I'm looking also Dominguez. at at what we have, and I know that people are for whatever reason saying IKF bring up Peraza. Like, no, please don't ever do that. Because IKF, I understand he's frustrating at times with the with the the mindless throws that he will clean up, I believe. But I mean, over the past week, you've seen what he is with the bat too. Like the guy's just too good with the bat. He put he's exactly what this lineup needed. So you bring a guy like Peraza up, maybe you get slightly better defense, but probably not, and you're gonna get a lower lower graded um, offense. But um, the depth is there for Peraza. That's why he's that. That's to me why he's he's. The you number know one target for if they're gonna if they if they're gonna trade him they shouldn't even let him sniff the big leagues with the Yankees because a lot of times they come up to the big leagues they struggle and they they, they oh, like some sort of a hit. You there's know? no reason for him to be in the major leagues this year unless there's an injury. Yeah, especially no, now good. with Tyler Wade. Especially now with Tyler Wade there. That's a good point because like if you call him up and he struggles, that decreases his value. If you call him up and he's good, his value is probably the same. It's like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a good prospect. Also, side note, with with Peraza in AAA and Tyler Wade now in AAA, Tyler Wade's playing a lot of outfield, right? Because yeah, I mean, what does Tyler Wade need to do at shortstop? Like, we know he can play I mean, play he's not going to play there. Peraza's going to be playing there. Oh, I know, but right. it's like, you, you play him in positions that you might need him at the Major League roster. Outfield That's positions. What I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. Put, put him in catching gear. I don't freaking know. <laughs> he's no IKF. <laughs> He's no IKF, that's for damn sure. Um, and do we we have not talked about uh, Aaron Hicks is day to day after falling that ball off his shin. Looked that looked like it hurt. Yeah, uh, I think they dodged a bullet with him there though. We've got Marinaccio uh, throwing bullpen sessions, so he could have a a quick return. According to Boone, that's good. He was dealing with some some dead arm. Rortvet made a rehab assignment in uh, high A ball, and Zach Britton is. In Tampa, I guess doing something. He's doing, he's in Tampa. He's, he's at in, the facility, picking things up and putting them down. <laughs> uh, so Yankees got the Red Sox coming coming into town uh, before the All Star break. Red Sox have been terrible. Um, they just got swept, and they the only two games that they've won over the past week and a half are against the Yankees. But there is some interesting pitching matchups. They've got Evaldi going tonight against Montgomery. Pavetta against Tyon on Saturday. Like, I have no confidence in Tyon right now. And then Sale versus Cole on Sunday, the premier matchup. And Sale was pretty damn good in his return, even though they lost that game. Yeah, give me uh give me Tyone here for for the uh, uh you know availability or the opportunity to bounce back right before the break. I like that. I feel like that's a good thing for him. Get some get some time off. Uh, but no, I'm looking at that one. Of all the ones, I mean, obviously Sale and uh, and Garrett Cole on Sunday is going to be fun. I'm, it's it's so funny how how uh, the scheduling works with that one not being Sunday Night Baseball, but 
here we are. It's a day game on Sunday, Yankees-Red Sox, Cole versus Sale, which is one of the most rare things, I think, uh, you know, in in the world at this point. But I'm, I'm squarely looking at that Tyone Pavetta matchup because I think Tyone really, really needs to come out with a good start and and show that he can be effective. How much do you put into ending before the All-Star break on a positive note? Because if you remember, it was last year, right? The Yankees blew Houston. that game against Houston. They were about yeah. to sweep the Astros with uh, Chad Green on the mound. And we started recording a podcast because the Yankees had a pretty nice lead in the ninth inning. And then they blew it. And we were like, oh, they had a fun series. They were doing the jacket thing or the shirt thing with with um, mocking Jose Altuve. And now the Astros have the last lap. And it was just kind of a sour note to end the first half. So how much do you stock? How much stock do you put into like have a good series this weekend? I don't think it's a ton of stock, to be honest, uh, with the team playing as w- as well as they are. It's an opportunity to really stick it to Boston at home, though. So I, I think at home, it's a little different. So I want them to play well, obviously. I think that they take two or three. I think if they lose two or three, it's 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 you know not great momentum going in because they've they've lost they've lost four of five. Is that right? And it's, we haven't said that all season. So this this team is in a place where they do need to rebound. Um, and and Boston coming into town is is perfect for that. So I think for I'm not just looking at this series. I'm looking at what's happened in the past week and a half, and I want them to rebound um, and play well against Boston because they should have taken the series last weekend um, against the Red Sox, and they did not. So I want them to make things right and take the series. And it's not an easy return after the All Star break. Two games in Houston and a doubleheader, and then a three game series against the hottest team in baseball, the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> Watch out, 10 in a row, above 500. The entire AL East is above 500. That's crazy. They are playing very well. Young and dumb, man. Young and dumb is scary. Young and dumb is a little scary. So when you have this team, are they're, I mean, they are legitimately vying for a wild card. Could the Baltimore Orioles be buyers at the deadline? <laughs> no, no. No? They need to, they, they use this season as a jumping off point for the team next year to say, because they, at the start of this season, uh, they were not thinking even 2023 is our year. They were probably eyeing 2024. But now they go into the winter saying 2023, we can compete. They are competing in 2022 currently. As yes, of I know, right now, I know that. But there's a there's another wild card. That's short sighted. Their- if you're buyers at this deadline, that's short sighted. On it depends point. what you're giving up. But they, they to to improve a little bit. I mean. Their young guys are playing well. Their their uh, their franchise catcher is in the big leagues, has acclimated and is playing well, and has obviously shown dividends to the entire team. So, I'm not I I'm not looking at the Baltimore Orioles even remotely the same anymore. Like these guys have nothing to yeah. lose, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy. I don't ever series. want to play a team that has nothing to lose. It's a hard road trip to start the the second half with a doubleheader against the, the Astros, three games in Baltimore, and then two games against the Mets. It's a hard road trip to start. That's the, crazy the second that half. we just said that. Yeah, it's crazy that the Orioles, but it is. It's no joke. Like you have to take them seriously. Yeah, and that's going to be like their World Series. Yankees at home after you've really just finished uh, the the second the first half strong. That's that's the Baltimore Orioles World Series next weekend. I mean. It's it's a it's a statement series for sure. They got Tampa uh, this weekend, so I'll let's see. Tampa just manhandled 
uh, Boston, sweeping them in a four-game set. And we'll see what 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 uh, the Orioles can do against Tampa. If they if they mow through Tampa, also going into the All Star break, that is some serious momentum for that team. And uh, and yeah, as young as they are, man, they they uh, they they could just they could keep it rolling. They uh, young and dumb is a great place. Is a great place to be. All right, that's going to wrap today's episode up. We've got a lot of content planned for All Star Week, so we will do our regular Monday episode recapping the Red Sox series. We're going to do midseason grades and awards. Uh, probably release that on Tuesday, and then we also are working on a special Astros preview episode, which um, should be recorded early next week. Uh, TBD on that, but that should be should be up hopefully on Thursday ahead of the the doubleheader return anything else you want to touch on scott that's it man i'm glad i could uh actually speak today and get back on the mic to talk about what i've seen in my covid room in <laughs> your covid week. room all right we'll talk to you guys in a few days hey guys thanks for listening to the bronx pinstripe show make sure you find us on itunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone if you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. <laughs>